All right, everybody, welcome back. Another episode of In the Know. This is your host, Todd Stewart. Uh, we have an awesome, awesome guest coming on the show today. Uh, Sam Toole, the CMO of California Closets, joined me, and uh, we talked about all things customer experience. Uh, so real quick, here's a little bit uh, about Sam. She was brought on as a CMO um, to manage the brand and customer acquisition strategies. And then in this role, she oversees customer marketing, creative, content development, all of that to fuel the website, the showroom, sales and training, all at California Closets. Um, in this current time, she's focused on the customer really more than ever and driving tactics like free virtual design consultations to support um, customers from the comfort of their own homes. Now that we are all social distancing ourselves, um, this is this was a, a phenomenal conversation. Sam is truly insightful. We covered things like what is she doing to get closer to the customer and understand them better than any of the competition out there? What CX challenge, uh, customer experience challenge, is she most keen to solve and why? And then the other thing we talked about is how is she balancing the line between automation and humanity in customer experience, making things uber personalized, but yet having it be automated. Super interesting conversation. What do you say we get it started? Customer experience is your brand. All about the interaction that a customers customer are not has just customers. They can the kind of experience you give to people. Customers that's what they're going. Amazon to wants you to buy something. A warranty company wants their contractors. Customer to experience. Company, you know, it really is how your brand gets projected out in, into the world. All right, we are live. Uh, Sam, how you doing today? Thanks for coming on the show. I'm great. Thanks for having me. Uh, so why don't we, let's just get it started. Um, if you wouldn't mind just introducing yourself and California Closets. Sure. So my name is Sam Toole and I'm the Chief Marketing Officer for California Closets. Uh, and we are a company that has been around for 40 plus years, 42 years, um, designing custom closets, really listening to customers and designing custom spaces that reflect exactly what they need. And so I love talking about customer experience. It's very close to our heart, close to my heart, close to this company's core. Yeah, yeah. So I, well, I love that. Like I, I've, I've been looking forward to this episode for a really long time just because the, the brand of California Closets has always been, in, in my mind, the way I perceive it is this just like premier exclusive, this uh, like a brand that just embodies customer experience and everything that the customer wants and needs. And um so really pumped to get inside your mind and how you're thinking about this and how the brand is thinking about this. That's great. Um, so like over your career, you know, you've had a, a, a real successful 18 years building home lifestyle and fashion brands. Mm -hmm. um, how, how do you think about customer experience? Like what does it mean to you? Uh, yeah. So customer experience, I think is so central to the heart of what I've done my whole career. And when I was brought um, into California closets, it was a really exciting opportunity because it's really so central to everything we do here. Um, everything here is undergirded by the credo, which is our set of values that really are, is a very authentic sort of um, guiding post for everything about the brand. Um, and it really all is about putting the customer first. So our credo is a, a purpose of designing better lives and a mission, um, or a vision, excuse me, a vision of a world where people are free to focus on what matters most. Mm. And so, you know, the history of California closets, we've been around for 42 years. 
We started as a franchise organization, started by a guy in college actually, who saw an opportunity to help people get more use out of their space with, um, you know, by, by adding more than just a pole and a shelf, but adding custom, custom cabinets or custom cubbies or all this stuff, right? So that was seen by a, by a college professor and thought that, that he could really make a business out of that. And so franchise that. So it went from an ingenious way to kind of maximize your closet to really about organization and a calm and what the benefits you get from having things customized for you. So as that company grew and franchised, it grew by listening to people one-on-one. It yeah. grew by solving individual people's problems on a very specific and personal level. You know, we joke that we've done millions of closets and honestly probably never done the same closet twice. Mm. Or if we did, you could probably count them on two hands mm -hmm. because it's so, so personalized. So when you think of a company that's about undergirded by this mission of really focusing on what's going to improve this person's life, on having a practice that's about custom manufacturing and listen to each individual person you know, I always talk about like this, you know, our business model is very one-to-one. -one. We have a designer who comes in to your house and looks, you know, they count your boots, as I like to say. If you have 25 <laughs> pairs of boots, we'll build a closet for 25 pairs of boots. That's great. That is customer experience, really by definition. That is good customer. It is the, the essence of serving the customer. It's literally serving the customer. So as a marketing person, you think about, okay, how do I think about that as a brand experience? bigger than customer experience in a sense. I think of the brand experience, which is before they even become a customer. What's the promise you're making to them that in all of the marketing that carries through the experience and then even after that to the lasting impact on what you did for them and then the evangelism that they have about your brand for the next time. Totally, totally. Okay. That, that's been, and it, it's, so I remember in early 2018, um, like I was, I was reading what do what do CMOs think about the most? And customer experience was uh, I forget the number. It was I, it was either one or two. It was it was oh, up yeah. there, mm -hmm. and and it's still today. It's still top on the list because in my mind, like it's it's really how a brand differentiates themselves from the rest of the market. Like anybody can go anywhere. There's a ton of other competitors out there, but one thing that you can't copy is customer experience. And um, and like I'm I'm. I like that you say it's the 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 one to one experience. Mm -hmm. uh, further into the episode, I'm 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 real interested in how you balance the the automation versus the human side of everything to make make things scalable. And maybe maybe that's not the case. But um, when throughout your career, um, what exactly or like when when did you realize that customer experience was important? Was like something that really a brand should be thinking about? You know. I, I feel like I've never been in a marketing role that I wasn't focused on the customer because if you're, you know, I started out my career in communications and communications all starts with who's your audience. And so if you don't know who your audience is and what they care about and what they want to hear from you, you don't know what to say. So if you're building a brand, you need to know what matters to the people that you're trying to build this brand for. Um, so for me, it's pretty fundamental. The customer is really at the core of everything we do. So I think that's why this opportunity at California Closets, and I am, you know, it's been such a dream job for me and, and continues to be so challenging and exciting because we're really teed up to be everything we do is about the customer, even at scale. You know, I mean, we're 150 showrooms all over North America. We have 900 designers and 
that many plus installers that deliver this brand to people one-on-one every day. Mm-hmm. And everything starts with a consultation and a one-on-one conversation about what you're looking to do, you know, and what you want to get out of it. And the thing that makes it so powerful is when you know that what you're doing has an impact that's greater than people thought it would be. So it's like you get more than you bargain for. And that's not always true. You know, so back to when in my career did I learn this? Well, every, anytime you're giving someone what they asked for and more, or this is what you literally asked for, but this is what you want. You didn't even know you wanted. Yeah. Um, and when you can deliver that, the number one, the impact that has on somebody's life, it just feels really good to be able to exceed expectations like that. But also it does create this kind of loyalty that as a marketer, you're always looking to build. And when it's inherent to your business model, it's kind of a dream. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. great. So you think, all right, well, this is what we're already doing. So then the challenge as a marketing person becomes, how do I leverage that? How do I maximize that? How do I share that? How do I create a community of that Mm. that starts to lift the whole brand and keep it going beyond? Mm. So so an example of how we've done that is uh, three years ago, we launched a brand magazine called Ideas of Order. And it's won a bunch of awards and we're really proud of it. It's an annual magazine and it talks about the things we think our customers care about as well as showcasing really unique projects or different things we've done. It's intentionally not a catalog. It's very editorial, but our customers get it, you know, three to six months after their closet's been installed. So we know that the, yeah. And it's kind of like when you think about the, the fire going out and there's a little bit of red embers there. We just pour a little gasoline back on to get the flames going again. Mm-hmm. That we, It's a kind of product that the people appreciate it almost more three to six months after we've left than they did the day it was brand new. Because once they live into it and they have a series of mornings that they wake up and they can find what they're looking for and getting out of the house in the morning is easier and they're getting along with their husband better or the kids know where their stuff is or they, they have better family time in their kitchen because their pantry's so organized and they can cook so effortlessly or their home, everything, you know, their collection that's so important to them is showcased in a way that they can really see it and enjoy it as part of their daily life. Like these are things that impact your life over a number of days and months that stack up to mean something. Yeah. Yeah. How, how did, uh, how did you end up kind of deciding on the three month delay for that? Well, I mean, I didn't decide it. It's just sort of what we were listening to people. I mean, three months is kind of an arbitrary number. You mean three months of when to send the magazine? Yeah, totally. To have that delay because yeah. it, it's, it's very intentional. Yeah, it's intentional that it's not the minute you leave. Although sometimes I think we're so excited about the magazine, we give it to people at every time. <laughs> yeah. um, but, it, but it, you know, we do see an incredible impact and it's been, it had a huge impact on um, repeat business. We've always had a really strong repeat rate, but we can see the people we've mailed the magazine to their um, conversion and and response rate is like 300 times higher are the people that have gotten the magazine. So three months is a little bit of an arbitrary number. Honestly, for us, it's just about managing the mailings because we have such a complex network and so many stakeholders, but yeah, but it's, 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 you know, I think there's even some data about when something becomes a habit, you know, Mm -hmm. you have to do it for a while, but it's not a fluke. It's actually after you've lived in something for a while. Yeah. All right. So I want to get into your head a little bit here. So 
it, just hearing that the whole world of California closets, there's a lot going on and there's a lot that, that you are responsible for when it comes to, to customer experience. What, what's keeping you up at night? Oh yeah. You know, not to be annoying, but that's one of those questions where it's like, there's too many things to do. There's too <laughs> many opportunities. You know, it's like the interview. What's the worst thing about you? Oh, I, I don't have a worst thing. Yeah, exactly. I work too much. I'm yeah, exactly. Uh, too I'm yeah. too conscientious. No, I, I mean, what keeps me up at night, honestly, it's a little bit of an embarrassment of riches. I feel like there's so many ways, so many things we could be doing, so many ways to talk to our customer, um, so many opportunities to engage um, that we just have to be thoughtful you know, about them. I would say, you know, the most challenging part, um, you know, of our job, frankly, is just um, trying to move fast and be nimble and innovative because we're the leaders of the category. We created the category. We need to stay ahead. We have a bunch of big innovations that we've launched this year. And so it's trying to pull the thread through on all of that you know, we have a diverse group of stakeholders um, internally. We've got so many designers and we've got company-owned stores and franchisees and all, you know, our, your brand is only as, your brand experience is only as strong as all these internal stakeholders feel connected to it. So I would say if there's anything that I spend time, you know, kind of worrying about or, or really trying to think through, it's how to make sure that we're really moving all in unison and harnessing all of the good ideas and, and um, intelligence that people have on the front line with what we're seeing on a corporate level or visioning five years out and how we're communicating and, and, and you know, staying aligned as an organization. And that's where the credo is really key because when you all have the same values, you're all undergirded yeah, by the sure. it, it does. We all know why we're here. You know, we may add an innovation, but at the end of the day, we're still about designing better lives. So that's huge. So mm -hmm. I wouldn't say there's like discord or anything. It's just, it's challenging to move fast and keep communicating. To everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, I want to flip that question on its head. Um, and there's things that keep me up at night that I'm super excited about. What, <laughs> what from a customer experience side, uh, keeps you up at night, but it keeps you up at night because you're just so proud. And like, it's, it's something that, that you like could talk about for days when it comes to the, the CX of California closets. I think what, um, what I am super excited about is uh, I'm going to talk about our new product line now. Yeah. Totally. So here's what I'm super excited about. In our quest to be looking around the next corner and staying in touch with customers for, you know, well beyond this last installation, even for their children's next needs and the next generation of homeowners and all this stuff, we've um, just in the last month um, launched something we've been working on for the last 18 months or two years, which is a new modular product line. Um, it's in, developed in partnership with Martha Stewart, which is very exciting to be aligning with sort of the most prominent homekeeping, you know, expert there is out there. And we're the leader in our category and she's the leader in hers and combining together. It's just felt like an incredible collaboration, but the product itself is very, very um, breakthrough for us because A, it's not custom manufactured, it's modular, it's metal, um, it's metal and wood, so like a metal spine and wooden shelves that combine together in infinite ways, so it's more limited in some ways because the things are a set dimension, but I think, use the Lego analogy, you can kind of build anything with it, mm -hmm. and so what that allows for us is a few things. We can reach new customers 
that we've never been able to reach before. We can sell to renters, people who want to put up a really beautiful system and solve all their needs, but want to take it with them to the next place when they go. Hmm. People in transition that have children that are growing, whether you you know, you need it for a nursery now, and then it needs to evolve into a kid's room with a desk and a, you know, and, and, and more shelves for the books. It can evolve that way. It's also something we're selling online through e-commerce. So we've opened up an e-commerce channel, which is brand new to us. We've brought in all these people, experts from all, you know, amazing companies, very notable all around the Bay Area. We have an incredible team now that are very skilled merchants and e-commerce people. And we've built this whole other division of our business. Um, and it's also something people can install themselves. So there's a DIY component to it. It's very, I think most people will want us to install it for them because that's our expertise, but for the person who just wants to get it and put it up themselves or, or, or territories where we don't have any service, there's some States still where we don't have a franchisee or any, um, any presence that this is something people could buy online and install themselves. So it's kind of, so what keeps me up at night is a, I'm so proud of this product and I'm just so passionate about it because it's beautiful and fantastic and inc incredibly ingenious, the design of it. But then how am I going to reach all these new people? No, there's like, oh, there's just, it's just like opens up. It's just kind of like crazy. You know, yeah. we've got so many more people to reach and more people to, to talk to and to bring into the fold. And, um, as a, you know, again, as a marketer to have this new a product line, this like this with the credibility and the design and the quality plus all, it's sort of like, where do you start? Yeah, totally. Well, it's like a whole new persona that you are, you now need to market to. That's right. That's yeah. right. A whole new persona. And you know, we have to live into it a little bit because we're learning who is this person Like we thought we knew. And then some of the early stories coming back are so fun with people. It is kind of who we thought it was, but it turns out there's people we never even thought about. For instance, yeah. like retail stores, yeah. we've got boutiques that are putting it like it's an incredible you know, cause one of the colorways is like a gold metal and white shelves is like, would be gorgeous for a woman's boutique. You know, like there's new totally. channels that we never even thought of. Um, and then this person can also, you know, get to know California closets through that process, come into our showroom and then we can pull them in for a closet or a pantry or office or some other part of their home. Yeah. So it just kind of is like exponentially expands the things that we can do. Um, and you know, part of customer experience is new customer acquisition, you know, mm -hmm. part of mm -hmm. you define the experience for the customers you have, but then you're constantly thinking of how to bring new customers in. And so when you have a new product line like this, that really opens up new customer segments, it's very exciting because the acquisition opportunities are just huge, you know? Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's awesome. I, I'm, I, sure. I rent, and uh, now, and just you talking about that. Oh, I got that. the product for you, Tom. Here you go. Here you go. I know. Well, I'm like, huh? That yeah, sounds exactly. very interesting. I like that you 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 word it perfectly. It was like you can you can take it with you to your next place. I'm like, hmm, that sounds nice. Well, and people who nice. rent still have the same needs to be organized and live with their things in a totally. way that's harmonious to them and. Yeah is organized in a way that they like and that makes them feel like they're on top, they're over their skis. Everyone likes to feel like they're living a life that is flowing. Yeah. Well. Yeah. So as you expand to like have this kind of new target audience, new persona, are there any, are there any brands that you look at and you're like, Hmm, they, I really like how they uh, structure their customer experience, or, or I really, I, I revere that. And I want to like emulate a little bit of that. Are there any other brands out there that you, you look up yeah. to in that sense? 
Yeah, there's a lot. You know, I'm I'm constantly looking at other brands and other websites and all that kind of stuff. You know, the one that comes to mind for this um, is one that is not, I know I'm not the first person to call out Nordstrom, mm-hmm. um, but they're close at home to me. And one of the things that I really notice about them lately, I've always been a, a person who believes that, you know, particularly good marketers are good listeners, right? You, you listen to your customers. What do they need? What do they want? What matters to them? But it's not always easy to respond to what you're hearing from people. And I think Nordstrom does a really good job of that. And my example is in the Nordstrom near where I live in Corte Madera, California, they have now taken over the whole back half of the store, not half the store, but a a big bunch of the real estate. And the back windows are all papered with this buy online and pick up in store. Mm. And so now you can go on the Nordstrom app, you can search by what's actually in your local store, which is saying, if I, I only want it if I can go pick it up right now. I don't mm-hmm. even want to be bothered with the other. You can put it in your cart, buy it. They'll text you when it's ready. If it's raining, they'll bring it out to you. So they have people that are staffed there to run out to your car if you don't want to walk in. But then when you do walk in, this, this big amount of floor space is actually racks and racks. You can tell how many people are doing this now. Racks and racks of um, shelving with all of the bags with customers' names on them who are coming to pick up their stuff. They have it staffed now, and now they've, they've added a dressing room and a beautiful little bench to sit down and try on the shoes that you just bought online to make sure they fit. Nice. Yeah. But I mean, as a retailer to give up real estate for what would have been essentially a storage room. I mean, they could have shoved it in the back and just called it storage, but they haven't. They've brought it in the front. They've owned it as a, as a competitive thing and as a service they see everything as a service to the customer so when you walk in to pick up whatever you've bought online you're treated exactly the same way as from a salesperson with as much service and personality and attention as anything any person who's helping you you know personal shopping or get something out of the case or whatever and they've even created this experience so that and i'm sure they know that when you come in to pick something up well guess what you're already in the store so then you shop around for add a couple things onto that or you swap it out if this, this size doesn't work for something else. Or I'm sure they're seeing that just getting people in the stores, however they have to do it, is working for them because it's, it's engendering that kind of loyalty and yeah. it's an experience that is new. But you, that would be, I would think that's pretty counter to retail. You know, mm-hmm. give up mm-hmm. the floor space for storage when you could be selling you know, coats and scarves and whatever it is they had on those racks of selling space before is a pretty big shift. And to me, in my observation, that came from listening to their customers and seeing what their customers want. And it's pretty bold. I think it's a pretty brave thing. And it looks like it's paying off just by the amount of real estate they have dedicated to it and the number of people working there. Yeah, totally. And and the number of bags with random names on it. Yes. (laughs) I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy. But it just shows you, you know, you can't be afraid to, you know, to respond, even if it's not, against what you traditionally would have thought makes sense for your industry. Yeah. Yeah. No, that is very true. Especially when you're, when you look around and you see what everyone else is doing. And if your customers are calling something for for something, it's, it's, um, it does, it takes a lot of guts to make that shift, but I love hearing how, how Nordstrom is like benefiting from that and succeeding. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So you mentioned a couple times and this is a, this is sort of a, a good trigger word for me. I, I, I love hearing marketers say this, but all like loyalty. Mm-hmm. Um, and you mentioned a couple of times of like how that's something that the magazine that you 
release. It, it helps improve loyalty and, and even with Nordstrom with, with their loyal customers. Um, when, it, when it comes to customer experience for California closets for you, how, how do you measure um, customer experience? Like, are there specific metrics that you look at? Because I, I do think that brands are different, especially like B2B and B2C brands. Um, I think it varies, but I'm just curious, like what, what metrics do you look at? We use NPS to measure customer satisfaction. We have for years. We've always been anchored in NPS. And we actually measure a number of different NPS um, uh, surveys. For our customer NPS, which is after the product has been installed, we uh, do a uh, prospect NPS, which is for someone who has had a consultation with us but um, hasn't bought. Uh, We do something we used to call a lost customer NPS that now we've rebranded or renamed to be called our future customer NPS, thinking that they're not a customer, they're just not a customer yet. Um, But we've consistently had very high NPS scores. Our customer NPS is 80%, and in some locations even higher than that. In fact, Harvard Business School did a case study on California closets a couple years ago for our uh, NPS um, score, customer satisfaction. Yeah, when when looking at like the, uh, sort of the life cycle of of experience of like when when you interact with a customer, uh, have you noticed any things that either boost that MPS or things that uh, you know decrease it a little bit? Like, has there been anything that's been surprising to you when when kind of digging into that inf- that data? Yeah, you know that's a good question. Um, I don't know what's so what, what's been surprising to me digging into the data i mean the things if anything it's been um good reminder or not reminder it's been a good way validation of what matters um to customers but also where we do fall off it's usually for the same thing so for i'll give you an example you know there's sometimes where our designers um, you know, particularly in the last couple of years, we've been really growing fast and some of our designers have so many appointments, right? So they're, they're designing and then they're on to the next one. And there's times where they won't follow up. You know, they'll say they're going to get back to the customer and they give them the design and then the customer never hears from them again. And um, we see this come up in the NPS, right? And so mm-hmm. we know it's not the right thing to do. We know it's, and so to be able to go back to a designer and say, you know, Hey, this is what's happened with this customer and look, you know, look what that, what impact that had. You can't, you know, you really have to cl- call back to follow up on the sale, not just, you know, leaving the design and on to the next and hope they call you kind of thing. Um, and that sounds like common sense. And of course it is. And there's, you know, most of our designers don't do that, but you always have the times or the circumstances where that happens. So to have that kind of commentary that we can anchor back in the customer's voice um, is very powerful. We, we, we talk a lot about a premium brand experience yeah, and that's really what we're committed to delivering. And you even referred to it in your opening remarks and that's how you think of the brand, right? Mm-hmm. Well, so I often talk about the fact that, you know, you can't be sort of premium. You have to be all premium or not. <laughs> totally. And that happens at every customer touch point. It's like the light, the string of lights. If one of the bulbs is out, the whole string is bad. Yeah. So yeah. We, it takes all of us and that's back to brand experience really being not just about your external customers, it's your internal stakeholders too. We all have to be committed to delivering that experience. And it happens at every single touch point, right? So 
I find that the NPS commentary, if we ever want to make a point or remind people about what a premium brand experience is and isn't, it's coming from our customers' voices. You know, we can listen to those comments, read those comments, and it's very clear when the, when we disappoint them. Well, it, it's it's funny that you say that. So, like before the show, I was, I, I mean, I, I have always thought. And, and just perceive the California closets. Yeah. Is this premium brand? And I was like, you know, I'm going to like try to look as, as much into the spectrum as possible. And I mean, even like going to your Instagram page, like your Instagram page is unreal. Like uh, for, for a, a brand, I mean, you, you have, you have real cool opportunities cause it's a very visual, yeah. um, it's a very visual brand. Yeah. Lot to work yeah lot totally. To work but like just going on, onto your page and scrolling through and seeing the fact that you're verified and you have so many you know, 80 plus thousand followers. I forget the exact number, but like that is, um, it, it just, it, it hits upon no matter where you touch the California closet brand, you do feel that premium kind of, kind of experience, yeah. um, which is awesome, which I think is really cool. And so of, of the whole sort of, <laughs> experience that you offer like what what do you think is the best part and then i want to flip that what's something that you think could have them a little bit of improvement that you're looking forward to in in 2020 um yeah so i think the best part you know we do a lot of testimonials um through the magazine even our tv commercials i don't know if you've ever seen any of them but they uh highlight sure now, yeah, I'll send you some. I got to send you the magazine too. Um, but they highlight people's experiences. And when we ask people about it, you know, they often talk about their designer. I mean, we have incredible designers. I think the moment of um, that is the most exciting, the sort of best part of the experience is working with a designer and having someone listen to you mm -hmm. as a customer and, and listen to what you need and how much you want to spend. And because we really do the whole range, right? I mean, it's a premium experience, whether you buy a $2,000 closet or a $20,000 closet um, and really listen to what it is you want and meet you there and deliver that um, is really the best part of the experience. You know, we talk about when you know you've got someone is when they start referring to it as my closet, you know, mm, not just yeah. the project <laughs> or, or I'm exploring doing this, but when oh, I want my closet to have this or what if my closet had that? And they, when, when that switch goes off, it's really very meaningful. Mm. So that's probably the best part of the experience outside of the impact of having the closet when you're all done. Mm -hmm. um, the part that I think could use some work, um, you know, that's a tough one. I think it's probably still, you know, we're still lacking some consistency. Um, and that's partly, you know, the nature of being a franchise system. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it's people that are doing things really well in some areas and that best practice hasn't spread to everybody else. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes it's that they're falling down on something or an install, you know, maybe something went wrong with the measuring. And so we have to go back twice. You know, the thing about having a premium brand is people expect a lot from you. So when it falls down, you know, they're disappointed because yeah. they were expecting it. Um, and so yeah. that's the worst part is when we, when we disappoint people or when we're inconsistent. Um, but it, it doesn't happen that often, but it, it doesn't, you know, if it happens at all, it means you're inconsistent. And so that's a problem. So, so that, that's interesting how you bring up, like, um, you know, uh, since you are a franchise, you have a lot of moving parts and, and it's, and making sure that everybody is consistent, I'm, I'm sure is, um, I'm sure is, you know, a, a challenger than itself. Any, any franchise faces that, um, 
So how, how do you, how do you balance, like, how do you balance that? How do you make sure that the, the, uh, experience for each franchise is consistent? And I like how you mentioned like, yeah, somebody might be doing something amazing and now that best practice needs to be spread amongst everybody. Like, how does that work? Well, yeah, it's definitely challenging. One thing I'll say is about five or six years ago, um, we made a shift organizationally or strategically as a company and we bought back a lot of franchise. So we now today are about 50-50 company owned and franchised. Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah. So we pretty much own, I mean, 50-50 in terms of the revenue, pretty much. The lo- there's more locations that are franchised. We own most of the big cities, not all, but the major cities. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's a really healthy play between those two things. So we, you know, our corporate stores are, um, you know, um, run in a more uh, uniform way a little bit. There's more consistency there. We're looking to those um, general managers and designers and showrooms to really lead the way. We tend to pilot things there first. We can kind of move faster because instead of having, you know, we have, um, you know, there's 30 different locations collapsed into one, (laughs) you know, sort of as a single headed beast instead Mm -hmm. of a, you know, multi-headed beast. Um, But uh, and, and that helps so we can move a little bit faster, even like launching this new uh, line called the Everyday System with Martha Stewart that I referenced earlier. A big project like that was a lot easier to get off the ground with half of the locations in the major markets being corporate owned. Because yeah, sure. That being said, there's a lot of healthy interplay between the two. So, uh, you know, a lot of the innovation comes from the franchise owners who are at the front line and they know their customers better than everybody else. And it's their, it's their family business. You know, they're very invested and, and really um, so solution oriented and so innovative. And that's really the origins of the innovation in this company. It's in our DNA to be like that, you know, so we, the franchisees give us a lot um, and they teach us. Mm. for sure. Um, but, but at the same time we have to be consistent and really it's from, it's back to the topic of this podcast. It's about customer experience. If a customer goes into, you know, has an experience in Boston and then they move to Chicago, they want to be able to call California closets and get that same experience. They see our ads on TV. They see our, you know, our print ad in the, the magazine or go to our Instagram or whatever. And they, expect it to be the same experience. And we're a brand of that level that needs to be consistent in that experience. Mm -hmm. So I think now, again, the credo is such a key piece of it. I know I keep mentioning that, but values are everything. Yeah. And understanding who you are and why you do what you do and really being in lockstep about that is incredibly powerful. Mm. And so when you have that, you might disagree about some of the tactics, but at the end of the day, we're all here to do the right thing for the customer. Always, we've always been that way forever, and we still are. So that is kind of an organizing principle, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and but th- th- there's still some inconsistencies from here to there with the way they handle something or a different finish that might be offered in one location and not the other. Um, but it's getting it's getting more and more um, uniform. I mean, we also launched something a couple of years ago, probably three or three plus years ago now, um, which we call Showroom 2.0. And that was a new way of designing all of our showrooms to follow a certain footprint, to have a few iconic elements so that when you walked into a California closet showroom, you knew where you were. Yeah. Whereas before they all reflected each individual owner's specific tastes and regional. Uh, I got it. Whatever. And so, so, you know, the value is still there, maybe the experience, but it definitely didn't inspire trust mm-hmm. as a brand, you know, back to consistency. You know, if you're really trying to, 
build loyalty, you need to be consistent. And so having that, and, and so at first, I, I don't know how that felt to some, you know, to some folks at first, but I think pretty quickly, everyone realized the value of that. Yeah. yeah. Value being part of that and leveraging the expertise. You know, one of our credo values is that we lead with our expertise, both with each other and with our customers. You know, we collaborate for the best out- possible outcome. We lead with our expertise. We're focused on results and we have a passion for design. Those are our sort of tenets of our credo. And, um, you know, everyone's really agreed on those. So it goes a long way to assuring some consistency and some, some agreement on what's the right way to move yeah. Yeah. And the, the consistent with the trust, it's funny, funny. You, you just bring that up. So I, I actually just moved with my wife to California and, oh. and so we, uh, we used to live in Boston and we would shop at Whole Foods and that was our, our local grocery store. And now we, now that we live in California, there's a Whole Foods right around the corner, but everything is backwards. And we walked into it the other day and we were so lost <laughs> and we just it felt, we didn't feel at home. We didn't feel didn't comfortable. Yes, it didn't feel right. So having that consistent consistency from store to store, it it would it, it, it builds that trust. It makes it feel like home, For especially sure. especially if you you frequent there a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you, how do you balance the line? So the line between these two things, between and maybe I'm using the wrong words, but like automation and humanity. So what I mean by that is like. Um, yeah, you know, as you launch this new product with Martha Stewart, so that's already out into the wild. Um, it's a whole new market, and and you're going to have to be scaling up a bunch of stuff. Um, how do you s- maintain that customer experience, which is that like one-on-one feeling that uh, that that feeling as if like I am the only customer in the eyes of California closets, and there's no one else. How do you do that as you scale? That's a really good question. And one of the things we're pioneering with this new modular product line is the ability to design it virtually. Mm. So we've even done that with a few of these early um, customers that we can over Zoom or any other, you know, video conferencing thing or with, you know, your um, Apple, like when you're chat um, or um, what am I trying to say? FaceTime. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Um, Or even with FaceTime, you can design pretty quickly and pretty easily what the customer needs without going to their house and sitting and counting everything or, you know, whatever you can actually deliver that solution um, in a much different, faster way, which in some ways might seem less personal in the sense that you're not sitting down at the table together. If technology can help you harness that and deliver fundamentally what the customer wants in a faster, easier, smoother way, even if it does have less, you know, in this case, less, personal interaction, less one-on-one, it might be the best thing for the customer. And that by definition is personalized. If it's what, it's a good customer experience, if it's what they want. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I, I like how you think about that. Cause it's not, uh, the way I worded it is I was pigeonholing it into that. Like it has to be one-on-one. It has to be this way, but you're right. If the customer, it's, it, it boils back to what you said originally. Like if you're not listening to what the customer wants, then it, it's doesn't, it won't matter. Yeah. And I I think the other thing is no matter what technology we use or what, um, if we maybe simplify things and have fewer options, let's say, than there are in a custom thing, in in, in a custom product or whatever it may be, at the end of the day, it's one solution for one customer need. And if the customer's getting what they want, then they're getting a good experience. And if the experience is 
driven by a sincere intention to make their life better, to give them what they want, to meet their needs, you know, then it's a good experience. Yeah. And that's what you delivered at, you know, what you promised as a brand. Um, are you thinking at all about voice? Like voice search? I, I don't know if it has any play into your world, but is California Closets thinking about that at all? No, I mean, it's on our radar because, you know, we're always just looking at what's happening with people. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I don't think we've found the way for us to harness that yet. But I'm not, um, I'm not saying it's not going to apply to us. I just don't, I haven't found the pathway yet for us. Yeah, yeah. I was just curious about that one. Yeah, I think the other thing is we're such a visual brand. You know, it's so much about um, visualizing what your space is going to be like touching the materials and the finishes, the quality is important. You know, even at our consultations, our designers use, and they can do this virtually too, but use a 3D CAD tool. So you can see your whole system in 3D before you buy it. Like it would be hard. I, I would need to figure out the application of that when it's just audio and not visual. Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. If, um, you know, you have your, you have a, a, a marketer on your team is, is, is coming up to you and it's like, Sam, you know, what is the, your top customer experience advice that you have? Like something you could put on a billboard, uh, what would it be? So the serious one would be, um, listen, 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 and respond. Hmm. So that would be my advice for customer experience. Um, and then the more tongue in cheek one is that I always think of as a billboard is um, we were at a meeting once and a young woman was presenting some research and she said, you know, before I start, I have to tell you that uh, my parents had California closets and my mom always, always used to tell the story that yes, it was expensive, but it was cheaper than divorce lawyer. <laughs> and so she came up with this new slogan for us, which should be California closets saving marriages since 1978. That's awesome. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Well, they can be, you know, we'll have them on either side of the road. One, one's the serious and then one's the tongue in cheek. That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, actually, f final question is, is all about, um, you know, your, your customers. And I want to know, like, what, what do they expect? Um, do they expect like hyper, hyper personalized experiences? And, and like, if so, how, how do you maintain sort of those expectations? Like, can, can you always just try to meet their expectations? Or is there, is there, is there some like level setting that you as a brand do? Yes. So we have, um, it's also, we've articulated these um, uh, serving basics, which are kind of like the 10 elements of like service. It's on a more operational level, but one of them that really applies to this is that we never make the customer tell their story more than once. I think customers expect to not have to repeat themselves, yeah, right? Totally. They expect you to know what they've already told you. And so if I've told you this is important to me, I expect you to know that that's important to me. Mm -hmm. um, and, and some of that happens digitally too, not only in, per, you know, if they fill out a form or they, um, you know, anything that they've indicated their interest in something, they expect you to know that. Um, but I don't think customers expect you to know what they haven't told you. I think it's creepy when you know things about them that you've gathered through their social media behavior mm -hmm. or through some other inferred purchase. I mean, that's, that goes too far. So it's kind of back to listening to me. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but so I, I think we have to, so we definitely talk a lot about, um, whether it's through, you know, the use of technology, like our CRM platform or, or, um, the way we, you know, keep notes in all the customer files and make sure that what the customer tells our customer liaison when they schedule their appointment gets translated to the installer when they're installing their closet that, you know, the, the, the baby goes to sleep at three, so don't ring the doorbell. Like those are kinds of things that we need to make sure that that information about the customer is passed on from one team member to the next so that we're delivering the best experience. Um, but to walk into the house and know how old the kids are is creepy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yep. Yep. No, totally. Um, okay. Cool. Well, that's all I got. That's everything. All right. This is, uh, okay. this has been a, a, really really great episode super insightful um really sam thank you for coming on the show i really appreciate it thank you i had a lot of fun todd thanks a lot so if you want to learn more about customer experience head over to the dispatch blog that is blog.dispatch.me remember to subscribe to in the know on itunes soundcloud and google play or really wherever you get your podcasts and if you like this episode please leave us a review on itunes As always, thanks for joining and we'll see you next episode.